What's going on guys, Justin another critic here. Welcome back to the channel, continuing my week 8 college football predictions with number 16 Michigan Wolverines, taking on number 7 Penn State Nittany Lions. This is the primetime game, Penn State 6-0, 3-0 in conference, Michigan 5-1, 3-1 in conference. However, both teams undefeated in their division um, on the east side uh, of, the, of the division. And the thing is, as crazy as it sounds, Michigan has been playing very poorly throughout the season, but they're just sitting at 5-1. and one. They're sitting at just 5-1 and one right now. So as you know as hard it is to it, as it is to see them succeeding and finding their way into the Big 10 championship it is still a possibility they would have to win out beat Penn State this weekend and then beat Ohio State later in the season which would allow them another opportunity to avenge their loss versus Wisconsin in the Big 10 championship now while that is far fetched it's still a possibility so as poorly as they have played, they still have an opportunity to put themselves in the conversation, not only for a Big Ten championship, but as well as for a college football playoff berth. Um, and like I said, that's it's it's way out of reach, but it's still a possibility. And as long as you've got a possibility in college football, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Um, will it happen? I don't know. I'm not ready to say that just yet. Let's talk about this game. For those of you betting on the game, right now Michigan 2-4 and four against the spread. Penn State 4-2 and two against the spread. Right now the number sitting at 9 in favor of Penn State. Over-under is 46.5. Um, let's quickly touch on the statistics and we'll jump into my own thoughts. Right now Michigan averaging 30 points per game, allowing 17 points per game. Offense averaging uh, 231 yards through the air, 156 on the ground. Defense allowing 160 through the air and 122 on the ground. Penn State averaging 42 points per game, allowing 8 points per game. Offense is averaging 274 through the air, 191 on the ground. And defense allowing 205 through the air and 53 on the ground. Now, when we look at this game... Really, these sides are pretty similar. Shea Patterson, Sean Clifford, both quarterbacks have a similar style of play. Um, you know, athletic. They haven't really proven to be big-time threats in the past game. Um, but they are capable of making throws. Right now, I got to give the advantage to Sean Clifford. However, even though I'm giving him the advantage, <clears throat> neither of them have really played big-time in big games. If you just go ahead and look at some of their better opponents that they've played, um, you know, on paper, really the best game shape Patterson played was this past week versus Illinois, uh, completing only 50% of his passes, three touchdowns. Um, so he's obviously, he's not the most efficient quarterback in college football. It doesn't take a genius um, to point that out. And then we look at Sean Clifford on the other hand, Right now, his best performance was, you know, Buffalo. He had some good performances, Buffalo, Maryland, Purdue. But at the same time, those teams don't really stand out to you as threatening opponents, especially with the way Maryland's team has, you know, really looked as the season's gone along, as well as Buffalo. They just lost to Miami, Ohio, I believe. And then Purdue was just really beat up and has so many injuries. It's just ridiculous. Um... And then, really, like I said, 
I'm leaning towards Sean Clifford. While neither of them have played big time in big games, the one thing I um, do have to, you know, commend Clifford on is that he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much as Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson is just a turnover machine. He fumbles. He throws interceptions. He hasn't been the great, the greatest at making decisions. So if it is possible that you know Dylan McCaffrey is healthy and is ready to go. If I'm the coaching staff, I'm starting Dylan McCaffrey. Um, regardless of who's starting this game for Michigan, I don't think the game is going to come down to either of those guys as far as putting putting that type of responsibility on their shoulders and going out there and carrying the team. Um, I don't I don't think that is their way. Um, that's really the path to victory in this matchup. If Michigan has a chance to win this game. I think they really have to revert to their old style of play and running the ball, uh, heavy run, and then obviously moving to play action passes. And then they're going to have to pass. Um, they're going to have to pass the ball in obvious passing situations, of course. But if they're going to find success, I think it's going to be really getting away from that whole speed and space type of system that they've trying to they've been trying to establish for this team throughout the year. Um, I think that is something that won't work very well versus an opponent like Penn State because they their defense is the definition of speed and space. They've got a lot of speed on defense at pretty much all levels, right, from the front seven to the DBs. And then um, while they do have speed at the same time, with that speed, you sacrifice size up front. And that's why I think if they're going to win this game, they need to establish dominance at the line of scrimmage and take more of a Wisconsin approach and just pounding the ball, pounding the ball, play action, passing when you need to, um, and really not turning over the ball. That's essential to winning any game versus any opponent. Um, and if Shea Patterson or whoever the quarterback is can take care of the ball, just make good deci- make better decisions because in reality, Michigan's defense has gotten better as the season's gone along. Uh, Penn State's defense is playing, has been playing lights out um, throughout the whole year. And the difference with um, there, there isn't really much differences in these defenses. Obviously, um, on paper, statistically, Penn State has been playing better. But if you look at the personnel, both defenses are pretty similar. Like I said, they both have speed, um, and th- at the same time, they lack size in the front seven. They aren't they aren't as big as we're used to seeing them because those defensive coordinators and really college football in general has been making a transition to a more speedy type uh, defensive approach, right? And so that's why Wisconsin has been able to find success versus these types of teams like Michigan, right? Because while they sacrifice that size for speed, then when you face a team like Wisconsin, who's all about physicality and size, that's where they had trouble really winning at the line of scrimmage because Wisconsin just pounded it down their throat. And so um, I think that's going to be a challenge for both teams in, you know, really containing the run game. If we if we take a look, obviously Penn State has played much better, um, you know, as far as stopping the run goes. We take a look at all their opponents. Really, the best, the worst uh, outing they had was versus Buffalo, who went for one eighty four on the ground versus them. Um, and then Pitt, Maryland, Purdue, Iowa. They're not really going to threaten you with the ground game. That's just not that's just not what they do. Um, and so we take a look at Michigan. 
they bring in, while they haven't been playing amazing, they bring in a, a lot of talent at the line of scrimmage and in the backfield. Um, you know, their most recent game, their most recent games, Rutgers 141, Iowa, they went for 120 on the ground. And then Illinois, they really, they really um, went to the ground heavy and ran for 295 on the ground with Jack, uh, Zach Charbonnet leading the way. Um, I think it's a real, a real possibility for Michigan to win this game. And Penn State, on the other hand, I think they need to take the same approach in challenging Michigan's defense uh, at the line of scrimmage and and really just out physicality. I don't even know if that's a word, but for lack of better words, that's what I'm going to use. Just winning at the line of scrimmage and challenging them to be physical. Um, because at the same time, like I said, that's exactly the approach Wisconsin took against them. Um, and then at the same time, Wisconsin was able to open up the pass game through play actions, um, zone read options or RPOs and stuff like that. So I think that's really the type of approach both of these teams should take um, in, attacking, in attacking the opposing defense. But will they take that? Um, you know, will they take that approach? I don't know. From a defensive perspective, if those if that's exactly what happens in in those offensive approaches where they try to establish a run heavy i think defensively both of these teams should essentially just sell out on the run sell out on the run and force these quarterbacks to beat them because as i've already touched on neither of these quarterbacks have really played big time in big games and so while i do give the advantage to Sean Clifford in this matchup because um, he, while he hasn't been amazing, he hasn't been turning the ball over. He hasn't been making stupid decisions like Shea Patterson has. And I don't know if Shea Patterson is going to start the game, but if he does, that could be their weak point, really. And so um, I am hoping, you know, for Michigan's sake that they do potentially give the start to Dylan McCaffrey because I think he, he would just be a better fit in this matchup as long as they don't try and play that speed and space crap i think he'll he'll put them in a better position to win um and so if that's how the game plays out both teams go heavy in the run and then both defenses sell out on the run this game will be left down to the wide receivers and quarterbacks and while i do give the advantage to sean clifford as a quarterback I give the advantage to Michigan from a wide receiver perspective with Ronnie Bell, Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those guys are just dudes you can throw the ball up to them and they'll win 50-50 balls. And I think that's where I think that's where the game is going to be. Uh, I think that's where the game is going to head towards later in the matchup. It's just going to be who's going to be able to win their matchups. Um, you know, down the sideline in the air uh, from a DB to wide receiver perspective. And while Penn State does have some, you know, big time corners and DBs, they don't match up very well from a 50-50 ball perspective. Michigan's wide receivers are big time. They're physical, 6'4", 6'5", you know, 200 something pounds, 190 in that in that area. And so for that reason, I give Michigan's wide receivers the advantage give Penn State the quarterback advantage and so as long as Shea Patterson doesn't turn the ball over and Michigan as a whole doesn't turn the ball over because they've really just been fumbling a whole lot um, I give Michigan a, a real legitimate chance to win this game right now um, I'm gonna go out on a limb 
in my prediction today. I'm going to give Michigan the win, 20-17. to 17. Once again, Michigan wins it 20-17 to 17 at Penn State. I understand it's a crazy prediction, but like I said, if it comes down to the quarterbacks, I give the advantage to Sean Clifford, but from a DB to wide receiver perspective, I th- Shea, Shea Patterson isn't amazing, but he's capable of throwing up a 50-50 ball. And right now I think the the biggest difference is going to be Michigan's wide receivers in the air. And for that reason and some of the reasons I've already covered, I think this will be a fun matchup. Obviously, it can go either way. The advantage is leaning towards Penn State. But I'm going to go out on a limb and give Michigan the win 20-17. to 17. With that being said, guys, I appreciate appreciate you for listening. I'm going to go ahead and finish up my week eight predictions with my upset alerts and notable matchups. With that being said, this is just another critic signing off. Peace.